welcome to the Art of Successful Living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glowed. All of the other reindeers laughed and made fun of poor Rudolph. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeers loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history. <laughs> don't shoot me. Don't come for me if I didn't get the word exactly right because it's been uh, I don't know how many years since I've sang Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That was a long time ago. But anyway, moving right along, our series is called Redeemed from Rejection. Even Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer faced rejection. Rejection feels lousy. Whether you have a Valentine this month, this month of February or not, this is what I want you to remember. This is the thought for the day. What can man's rejection do to us if almighty God is ultimately for us? Our key scriptures are coming from Genesis chapter 29 and Genesis chapter 30 verses 1 through 24. When you have the time, please go back and read those scriptures on your own. I'm just going to read Genesis chapter 29, verses 16 through 18. And it reads like this. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes. But Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Man, this story contains all the drama of a modern soap opera. Leah's name means cow. Can you imagine every time somebody call you, hey, come here, cow. Cow, where you at? The Rachel, her name means you, which means a female sheep. This is a story of betrayal, frustration, sibling rivalry, and family dysfunction, if there ever was. It's the compelling love story of Rachel and Jacob, but also the pathetic story of the hopeless love of Leah for Jacob. 
But in the end, it's also the story that is filled with hope and the faithfulness of God. So often a woman or a man's self-esteem is dependent upon the affirmation of the man or woman with whom they are sharing a relationship with. To begin with, Laban, her father, Rachel and, and, and uh, Leah's father, her father, or their father rather, is a wealthy landowner in Haran. His sister, Rebecca, is the auntie of his daughters. Rebecca is the wife of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. <laughs> that was a lot to spit out right there. Anyway, it had been prophesied that Rebecca would give birth to two warring nations. The twins Esau and Jacob were born just as predicted with um, Jacob following Esau. But uh, it was with his hand, Jacob's hand, grasping his older brother's heel. Jacob, although he was the younger son, was favored by Rebekah, his mother. And he stayed indoors by his mother's side while Esau was favored by their father, Isaac. And he was a hunter. You know, he, he was a man's man. He, you know, he, he was involved in all these activities that kept him outdoors. Jacob ultimately cheated Esau out of his rightful birthright. Esau wanted revenge for what he had lost to the point that Jacob's very life was in danger. This dude was mad. He was angry. He was upset. He was highly upset. So Rebecca sent her favorite son to live with her brother, his uncle Laban. Jacob comes to live at Leah and Rachel's father's house. And the cycle of sibling rivalry began again. This time among the women. As beautiful as Rachel was, Leah was her opposite. Leah's job was to take care of the house and such activity kept her indoors. But Rachel tended the sheep, so she was busy outdoors. Rachel was the first to meet Jacob. An instant chemistry sparked between the two of them and Jacob was smitten. He proposed shortly thereafter. Jacob's uncle, Laban, accepted his proposal. But boy, a plot is underway. Laban's plan was to secretly marry off the older sister first to Jacob. He gave one condition to his acceptance of the proposal. Jacob must work for free for seven years. Seven years of free labor to purchase his wife, whom he presumed would be Rachel. First, the first thing that 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 comes to my mind is. Was Jacob the only el the only eligible bachelor in town? I mean, y'all, there was nobody else around and no no other single man. Secondly. He was broke. The man didn't have a penny. 
And I kind of got a problem because if a guy show up at my door asking for my daughter's hand and he don't have no money talking about, well, you know, let me wash them dishes for you. Let me clean up or something or rake the yard, um, walk the dog. I'm going to have a problem. I, I don't think I would have <laughs> accepted that proposal. What made Jacob so desirable? Third, both ladies were looking for love. Both ladies wanted a man. Both wanted a happy, ha happy ever after. And to top it all off, neither one of them knew his purpose or his past. They didn't know about the prophecies or the fact that he had tricked his brother out of his birthright. The plot thickens. He completes the seven years and there was a wedding ceremony, a party that lasted for several days and featured a great deal of wine. Everybody drinking. Leah was substituted for her sister in the bridal chamber. She came in wearing a veil. He consummated the marriage thinking he got Rachel. And to this day, during the wedding ceremony, the veil of the bride is lifted so everybody can see who is at the altar. Leah probably thought that after they had sex, that when he wakes up, he will remember their lovemaking and want her. But the opposite happens. She sees the look of rejection on Jacob's face. And remember, they didn't have annulments in those days. And boy, I bet he was hot. Does anybody remember the classic story of the ugly duckling? This little duck does not fit in at all. He's different. He's unattractive. And the other little ducks don't accept him. So hurt by the insulting remarks of the other ducks, he leaves home to find his place in the world. However, when he sets foot, wherever he sets foot, he's insulted and rejection and rejected. Time passes and, and all of a sudden he's grown into this beautiful white swan, more majestic and attractive than all the ducks that had looked down on him. So the moral of the story is don't judge a book by its cover. Accept people for their qualities, their values, their friendship, and their humility. Don't judge others because of how they look. Appearances are misleading, and it's always better to accept a person for their qualities, especially when they're good qualities, then accept them based on their physical looks. Rejection. What exactly is rejection? Not being invited. Not being noticed. A subtle or not so subtle expression. Not being heard. Being turned away from. Repeatedly being less favored being completely ignored. What is rejection? Perceiving that you are unworthy. 
Evolutionary psychologists believe that this thing about rejection all started when we were hunter-gatherers who lived in tribes way back in the day. Since we could not survive alone, being ostracized from our tribe was, was basically a death sentence. And as a result, people developed an early warning mechanism to alert us or alert them when they were in danger of being kicked off the island or out of the tribe or wherever by tribe mates. And that was rejection. People who experienced rejection, um, it was it was more painful. And because it was so painful, they were more likely to change their behavior and remain in the tribe. And this sort of, um, I guess, mechanism or what whatever it is, whatever it was, this mechanism was passed along in their genes. Rejection is a significant source of pain for many of us. But I leave you with this thought. It is truly sweet comfort to know that Jesus understands our pain and he shares the burden. The gospel stands as the unfaltering, unchangeable answer to rejection. By the power of the gospel, we have received the spirit of adoptions. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. That's permanent. It's binding acceptance. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39. Now, I hope you come back next week because I haven't finished the story yet. We're going to get way off into this thing. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian believers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as we reflect on the love of God and the word of God. If you're looking for the power to conquer challenges, resist temptations in our culture, gain insight and wisdom for decision making, and deepen your walk with God, join us every Wednesday and click that subscribe button so you can be notified when the next podcast comes out. While you're at it, spread the news to your family and friends to check out this podcast. Until next time, be blessed.